Welcome back to Radio Fear and welcome back to Camp Macabre. I'm Brandon. Here's Justin. Well, hello there, fellow campers. And we are on our final week of our second event, Camp Macabre, where we bring you camp slasher goodness every week of the month. This episode, we have The Quarry. Yes, The Quarry, game made by Supermassive Games. Never played a game like this one before. Yeah, this is Justin's introduction into choose-your-own-adventure sort of narrative video game Supermassive is known for. It was an interesting new experience. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and I was pleasantly surprised. It's an interactive film, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. We really much enjoyed it, and we were excited to talk about it today. But uh, what, what have you been up to horror-wise since we last talked, Justin? I saw the movie It Follows. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to say the least. It's pretty fucked up. It takes the whole uh, take on STDs. Really, really... Sexually transmitted... Ghost. Haunting creature stalking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, a, that's a real trippy one. I watched that a few years back, and uh, I really much... I very much enjoyed it. What about you? What have you been up to horror-wise? I have been trying to get people to go with me to see Nope, and I've been failing. So I'm about to just go watch it by myself, like a weirdo. But I, I'm very excited to see Nope. I've been waiting for it for a long time. Jordan Peele does great shit. Can't believe I haven't seen it yet. I was planning on seeing it opening day. But that just didn't happen, so. Other than that, just prepping for this. Prepping for our big finale. Gotta get that final party for the campers. Yeah, what's left of them, which seems to be a few limbs. Seen some fingertips around. I think it's about time for our camp news announcements. And now for your Camp Macabre nightly news announcements. First up on our camp announcements, we actually have some unfortunate news that we have to discuss, and that is the passing of the amazing actor David Warner at the age of 80 due to cancer. As you guys know, if you've listened to our episode on The Omen, we are huge fans of David Warner, and his performance in that film in particular was absolutely fantastic, though he was always amazing in everything he's ever done, really, whether it be smaller roles like his in Scream 2 to bigger roles like Ninja Turtles 2. Titanic. Titanic. Or one of my personal favorites growing up as a kid, his depiction of General Sark and Tron. He was a really great villain in that film. But of course, we love his character in The Omen. is like one of our favorite things in, in any movie we've covered on our show so far. Damn near perfect in every way in that film. I agree. And you know, I go on about like, oh, it's the most the best decapitation in horror history, but I'm not going to talk about that today. It seems 
like not the time we salute you david warner you were a fantastic man anybody who ever knew you would always say how great of a man and kind of a man you were though we never knew you in person we were honored to know you at least through film rest in peace man and fuck cancer fuck cancer in other news the trailer has been released for the final season of the walking dead the final part of the final season of the walking dead it won't die it's been a long 12 years it's been a wonderful 12 years but like they say everything has to come to an end eventually Final season is going to premiere on October 2nd, which means that's going to be some more horror to watch during October. Walking Dead fans, have no fear. There's still going to be plenty of uh, spinoff series to watch after this main series is over with because uh, in other news, a new Rick Grimes and Michonne spinoff series is going to be released. It's going to be released sometime in 2023. And it's just going to focus on uh, on the storyline where Michonne obviously finds Rick Grimes and they're going to team up as a couple in the Walking Dead universe. Also, other spinoff series that is going to be coming out. There's going to be a Daryl Dixon spinoff series eventually. Somebody shoot it in the head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Walking Dead is literally the Walking Dead. Go ahead. Oh my god. Can we just stop milking the fucking cow? Walking Dead this, Walking Dead that. Only people in their 40s are watching this shit anymore. Everyone else has moved on. Fuck. You want to tell me how you really feel, Brandon? It's the fucking... It's, (laughs) it's, you know, it's just replaced, like, Law & Order and CSI. As, like, daytime TV that your fucking aunt talks about on Facebook. There we go. Jesus Christ. You're all woke up now. <laughs> I'm just so sick of the walking... Like, I read the comics when the comics was coming out. Great comics. and Yeah, and it was good comics, and uh, I met people from The Walking Dead, and, it, you know, that was great. Like, Norman Reedus and Bicycle Girl and all that, and I, I met the author of The Walking Dead comics, comic books, and it's like the fucking Game of Thrones shit, because there's like a Game of Thrones spinoff series coming out, too. Can we not just make new shit? And I know it's like like real funny coming from a guy who's like excited about the fucking 18th Halloween that's about to come out and the fucking <laughs> like 20th fucking scream and all that shit and I'm I'm like pining for another nightmare on Elm Street. But those are like films with periods of time set apart from them. But with these series, especially The Walking Fucking Dead, you just get it beat over your head with it until it's just, like, not even fun anymore. Like, I get it. Well, like you said, you've suffered from zombie burnout. It's becoming zombie rage. <laughs> and it's not even zombie rage anymore because I can, like, train to Busan, and that's fantastic. Or the new fucking Army of the Dead or whatever. And, you know, that's, like, cool. But it's just the walking dead. That series has overstayed its welcome. Do you feel better? No, I feel worse. <laughs> well, the main series is ending. Jesus. There's going to be a Daryl Dixon spinoff series. There's going to be a spinoff series with Negan and Maggie. Oh, my God. <laughs> then there's going to be Fear of the Walking Dead series is still going strong. So there's still that. So for all you Walking Dead fans out there, 
there's still going to be plenty of stuff to watch in the future for The Walking Dead. Can't wait to see the finale. I haven't watched the last season yet, but I'm kind of waiting until it's all done to watch the complete season as one because I'm one of those that rather binge watches a TV series than just waiting each week for each new episode. I mean, I'll watch a new episode every week for certain things like when we was watching the Chucky series last year we watched every episode new when it came out with The Walking Dead it's just since the seasons are so long I just wait till the season's over and then I binge watch it but <clears throat> I just don't you're just a tired grumpy zombie when it comes to that movie that TV series no angry I'm the fucking smart guy who instead of like going out there fighting the zombies I, I avoided the whole fucking thing <laughs> Jordan Peele's Nope in the box office it takes 44 million dollars it's opening weekend it's pretty good it's very good everybody's out there watching it except me it uh, outperformed Get Out which did 33 million dollars and ended its run with 255 million dollars globally we're still waiting on global numbers for Nope that's good news I'm glad to see Jordan Peele's film doing well Halloween Ends trailer came out Already a lot of rumors and speculations going around. I'm not subscribing to any of that. Just I'm waiting for the film to come out and we will watch it when it does. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be a good one. We hope. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> I'm going to say my bet, no matter like how performance does, I'm, I'm definitely willing to bet Nope is going to be a better movie than Halloween Ends. Even if Halloween ends is, like, good. Chucky released a new trailer for season two, and it's showing off a lot of new characters, new direction for the story. You got your first glimpse of Glenn and Glenda. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what those kids are going to be up to. Devon Sawa's new character, he's going to be a priest. Can't wait to see how they're going to do that. I'm hype as fuck for the new TV series. Brandon, he's hype as fuck for the new season of Chucky. That's it for our news announcements. All right, now on to our main topic, the quarry. Fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars. Let me know what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my The game to where any decision you make will and be used against you in a court of law. Or, you know, in the ending. <laughs> uh, so this game was created by Supermassive Games. It released earlier this year, just a little bit before we started Camp Macabre, really. Yeah, about a month ago. We got to play it as we were recording stuff for Mad Band. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with this game. Mostly me on the sticks. Justin was watching. Well, I felt like I was playing also because, I mean, honestly, this game doesn't take much skill or anything like that. It's mostly you're watching a movie and you're just pressing a few buttons. It does take skill, though. It's just uh, not your typical game skills. decision-making. Yes. Your judgment of a situation and though sometimes not even that helps you because the 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 choices you're kind of in a in between a rock and a hard place and your choices are shit or shit sometimes 
Uh, and then sometimes the choices are a bit deceptive of the actual outcome of your choice. It's not. It doesn't. It's not entirely clear. It doesn't give you all the information when making this choice. Hey, do you want to go this way or that way? And it's a gamble. Or do you want to say this or this in a conversation? And you're like, okay, I'm gonna look at the sarcastic response. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. And then when they say something, instead of it just being sarcastic, it comes off as completely mean-spirited or something. Yeah, you come off as like a stream douchebag. And, and uh, it, it negatively affects your relationship with the other character that you're talking to. Whereas you thought it would be funny. You know, just kind of misleading choices like that sometimes. Then there's some choices to where it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Period. But there's also decisions to where it will greatly affect later in the game. Like, for instance, hey, do I want to go down to this little basement and go down this ladder? Yeah. And while I'm going down this ladder, what you don't know is, is you try to go down the ladder, you're going to make a rung of the ladder get loose. Yeah, and, and so you kind of have, have to play very carefully in this game. But also, kind of be aware you're you're gonna mess up whether it's your fault or the game not being clear. But uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. The Quarry, directed by Will Biles. He also is in charge of the screenplay and the story. Yeah. Assisting him in the screenplay was a guy by the name of Alex Farnham. Person in charge of the screenplay was Graham Resnick. Person in charge of casting for the Quarry video game was Debbie Menwiller. They did a really great job in casting for this game. While we're talking about it, we can go. I can go down the cast real quick. Sebhan Williams is Laura Kearney. Skylar Gazondo is Max Brindley. Travis Hackett, the sheriff of this town, he is played by none other than Ted Raimi, brother of Sam Raimi, featured in a bunch of his films and featured in his own stuff as well. You know him as Henrietta and Evil Dead. Along with the fake shimp of several other Evil Dead moments. And co-creator of Pink Fuck. Yeah, he was Chet in Ash vs. Evil Dead. He was J. Jonah Jameson's secretary, helper, assistant guy in the Daily Bugle in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. I did not realize that. Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy who's always up J. Jonah's ass. Oh, the ass kisser. Yeah, the ass kisser. The brown noser guy. <laughs> Um, He's the guy who came up with the name Dr. Octopus and then Jay Jonah took credit for it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, crap, crap, there, crap. Crap, crap. What about Dr. Octopus? That's the most ridiculous thing i ever heard. Wait, I got it. Dr. Octopus. <laughs> Grace Zabrinsky played Eliza, who is the old lady that you'll see that gives you your fortune. Right, and Grace Zabrinsky, she is very seasoned actress she's been on armageddon and the grudge miles robbins who plays dylan our favorite character in the game funniest character in the game in my opinion yeah yeah miles robbins uh, he's a great actor i haven't seen him in like a ton of stuff but every time i do see him i love him to death he was really good in halloween 2018 as the stoner funny man kind of friend to Lori's granddaughter yeah i like how he <laughs> Early on in that movie, he's just straight up like, this Michael Myers guy just like got out and killed like five people, and by today's standards, it's not even that bad. Well, 
You guys want to watch me blow up this pumpkin with a firecracker? <laughs> House and Sage plays Emma Mountbank. She's the popular girl. Popular girl always is uh, on social girl. media. She, yeah, she's the Instagrammer. Uh, she does um, vlogs. Take a selfie any chance she gets. Yeah. Uh, Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu fame plays as Ryan. He's probably my other favorite character in this. He's great, but... I feel like he kind of phoned it in in this one. Well, I, it's his acting style, right? He was kind of that same way in Detective Pikachu. Or just... Yeah. He's just like, I I guess I got like a really deep, I I sound like I'm like a 45 year old giant man, but I'm this 18 year old looking kid. I'm Ryan Reynolds' kid, Detective Pikachu. Ryan Reynolds is my dad somehow in Detective Pikachu. (laughs) And then David Arquette is my dad in this game somehow, so yeah. (laughs) And of course, Brenda Song, my other other favorite character in this game, Caitlin Ka. We all know Brenda Song, right? Sweet Life and Zack and Cody. Yeah, that's where I was first introduced to her. She was Jubilee in the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect cast for Jubilee as well. <laughs> Zack Tinker, he plays Jacob Custos in the game. And he's the... Uh, he's a party bro, boy. Bro. He's the bro dude. He's the beard <laughs> Skill. Skill. Double skill. It's my beardar, dude. He he's like a cross between the geek or well, not like not like smart geeky kid, but just like socially awkward, I say weird shit geeky kid, and the jock bro dude. Like together. He's a, a socially awkward jock bro dude. Who says lame shit sometimes. He was the nerd growing up, and I'm sure as he when he hit puberty and got into the high school and started playing football, that's when he got all jockey, but he's got a nerd side to him. Yeah, we're, we're overcomplicated. He was the class clown. There we go. Yeah, he was a class clown. Evan Evagora plays Nick. Yeah, yeah, Australian actor, I think. Maybe New Zealand. I'm, I'm, I don't know for sure I'm basing off of accent. Either Australian or New Zealander. Uh, he was in Star Trek, Picard. I think he did some other stuff, sci-fi stuff, like Fantasy Island and shit like that. He's he's one, yeah. He's from New Zealand. Uh, uh, he he's lesser known to me than most of these here. He's kind of like a class clown, also. I think he's a dickhole, but dick. Yeah, he's he's two faced. Yeah, how I, I how I see this character, he's like nice to Abby, but like. When he gets around the boys, he's all, guess what me and Abby did? I'm sorry, guess what me and Abby did? <laughs> yeah. Ariel Winter plays Abigail. Plays Abby. Plays Abby in the game. and uh, I'll be honest, I don't know her too well either. She's was popular a few years back. She mostly does voice acting. Voice acting. I mean, she's in Kingdom Hearts. She does modeling. Robot Chicken. Yeah, she's she's done a lot of voice work. She's done a lot of modeling. She's the Smurfs. She's real good looking. Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Final Fantasy. Oh, she was in College Humor too. Batman: The Dark Knight Returns Deluxe Edition. I do like that movie. She does a great job in this. She's one of my favorite girl characters in the game. Yeah, and then we got the camp leader Chris Hackett. He owns the camp himself. He runs the whole thing. And he's played by none other than Dewey from Scream, Mr. David Arquette. And this, when we first saw the trailer for this game, 
That is when I lost my shit. Seeing David Arquette in this game, and I said it on our Scream 2022 review earlier this year, last season. My favorite Scream character is Dewey. I'm a huge fan of David Arquette. The man is just wholesome and pure, and I love everything about him. You ever seen Ready to Rumble? Uh uh-uh. uh. David Arquette. Is he is he wholesome and pure in that movie? He's his goofy self. Good. Uh dude, he's just like the the kind of person I'd want to be if I'm famous. Plus he was married to Courtney Cox. But yeah, uh Ready to Rumble, it's about him. You've seen Varsity Blues, right? Yeah. The guy who plays Tweeter. Mm-hmm. It's him and David Arquette. They're both huge-ass wrestling fans for WCW. Right. I know David Arquette has a big thing wrestling. Yes. Yeah. He has his own wrestling-like yeah. organization. Die-hard wrestling fan. Yeah. Was WCW champion in real life at one point. I did know about that one, yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty hilarious movie, especially if you was a big wrestling fan back then. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's one of my favorite movies that he's done besides Scream. I'm I'm just glad to see that he's doing something after Scream 6 or Scream 5 because, well... Was worried he was going to be. <laughs> because of what happened in Scream 5. <laughs> yeah. We got Ethan play as Bobby Hackett, his brother, who also these guys are playing as the brother of Ted Raimi's character uh, as well. Yeah. Ethan play he's... I believe my name is Earl. I think I, is where I know him uh, from originally. But he's also, you know, Remember the Titans. Yep, he was the big big lineman on Remember the Titans. That's what I remember him from. Yeah. And he was also in John he's, Q. He was a security guard in John Q, another Denzel Washington movie. And he was on the Showtime Twin Peaks and the Santa Clarita Diet. And he was in Wilfred with uh, Elijah Wood. Let yep, me, there it is. My name is Earl. I was right. Ha ha. <laughs> And of course, we have these next two absolute legends in the horror genre, Lance Henriksen and Lynn Shay. Now, uh, Lynn Shay, we all know, she's everybody's favorite grandma in horror films. She's Nightmare on Elm Street. She was in The Conjuring of films. Yeah, <laughs> she she pops up somewhere in a lot of stuff. And uh, Lance Henriksen, I you know I'm a huge huge Alien fan, so uh, aw- awesome to see him here. Also, Pumpkinhead. Um, but he's he's Jebediah Hackett, and she is Constance Hackett. You know they're members of the Hackett family, um, and it's just great seeing him play something nowadays as well. Bishop was one of my favorite characters, and uh, Way- uh, Mr. Whalen from the Alien films, and then we got two College Humor alumni, Emily Axford and Brian Murphy, playing the most despicable type of characters you can in a horror anything as we learned from Halloween 2018 what are they Justin <sighs> some podcasters fucking podcasters Ryan's favorite podcast Ryan yeah Justice Smith's character Ryan his favorite podcast Bizarria Bonafide where they talk about like cryptids aliens ghosts mysteries mysteries a lot like uh, the Chiluminati podcast I know it's kind of is it kind of like eh to like name drop actual other podcasts in a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I feel safe saying they're like Chiluminati. This Bizarre Yet Bonafide is basically them in this game's universe. That's most of our cast. That's pretty much the whole cast. Yeah, um, there's a few stragglers. I'm sorry if we didn't get to you. Uh, we don't want to be here all day naming off every every single 
mo-capped individual in the background you know what was your expectations going into this i wasn't entirely sure what my expectations was going to be it was going to be something different because i've never played a game like this before i've read books when i was like a kid that was kind of like choose your own adventure yeah and i kind of had a feeling that this game was going to be like that yeah and i was hyped to play it and watch you play it so really i just didn't know what i was going to get myself into i have experience with supermassive games before i've been playing since until dawn came out i think everybody who played horror games was hype as hell for until dawn because it's like it's a slasher movie but you play it <laughs> and uh i loved until dawn we'll probably cover that someday on the podcast as well that was that game you showed me on YouTube before, right? Where there were, like, the soldiers was mm, with the... That's House of Ashes. That's another super massive game? Yes. The Dark Chronicles is a series of games, and each chapter of it they release is a new story. And, you know, they started with, like, I think, Man of Medan, and they had House of Ashes. Before that was Little Hope. Little Hope wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, uh, the rest of them were though yeah I remember you showing me that on YouTube and I was watching that and I was like into the story very much and I was like oh shit yeah hell yeah yeah Supermassive they do good work on these games it feels like a it feels like an interactive movie they get a lot of pretty big name stars to be in their games even House of Ashes they had Ashley Tisdale in there now that they have Brenda Song in this one completing the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Girl yeah. Squad. <laughs> I guess the next one they're going to have Miley Cyrus in it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> These games are great. And when I first played Until Dawn, that shit blew me the fuck away. I I was in love with that game. It's like set in a cabin in a snowy mountain. They were doing like a, a like a ski resort sort of thing, kind of feel, but without the ski resort. So it's just a cabin up in a snowy mountain in the woods and like spooky shit starts happening. There's a slasher and there's stuff in the woods. And I had some experience, a lot of experience really with all this so far. So Justin, can you give us in your own words, a brief synopsis of the quarry? And now mind you, since this is a new game, we're treating it like we do a new movie. So no spoilers. No spoilers at the beginning. Uh, and then, and we'll give you guys a spoiler warning after we're done with the spoiler-free section. Uh, my synopsis of this is uh, when we first started playing this game, um, you're thinking it's a certain type of a horror game. Mm -hmm. And then the further you get on into this game, it turns into something completely different. Supermassive's tried-and-true formula uh, <laughs> is to give you the bait and switch with what type of horror movie you're in yeah you're thinking and you're in one thing and then yeah oh we're dealing with this yep i enjoyed the hell out of it huge fan now of supermassive so next game they make i'm sure as hell gonna play it the next game that they're making they already released the trailer for and i think it comes out this year around october-ish I don't remember the name of it, but uh, it has to do with like uh, a serial killer. I think it, it's kind of Saw-ish and, yes. and Zodiac Killer-ish. Hell yes. Where like you're playing as like FBI agents or something like that, hunting down a killer, and this guy sets up dead bodies and uh, with like 
these braces and stuff on them that with wires on them that like animates them and that's how they find them like uh, the the trailer's got like a a dead body hooked up to this machinery like making it look like he's smoking cigarettes hell yes yeah and that's they keep finding people like that so uh so yeah like zodiac killer saw hell yes yeah i'm down so that's gonna be pretty interesting but yeah we we definitely still have a lot to look forward to when it comes to supermassive I think a good synopsis would be it's a camp horror movie situation. Yeah. Counselors going out to camp. They're in the woods alone. They got their wholesome Mr. Hackett, David Arquette, camp owner with them as a supervisor watching over them. Camp has just ended. They sent the kids home, the younger kids home, and now they're packing up to get ready to leave themselves then they run into issues that makes them have to stay one more night and the rest of this game takes place in that one more night there's a reason that mr hackett wanted everybody gone before that night came and you kind of get hinted at that reason in the prologue yes but going into this game you kind of feel like you're in a camp slasher Yes. That's what you're expecting. That was the vibe I got when we saw the trailer for this game. Yeah. Uh, that's I think that's the vibe everybody got. But we had a mysterious figure on the road in the woods on the way to camp. And we had a ghostly woman haunt... Because this is on the prologue, so it's not yeah. a spoiler. We had a ghostly woman haunting the woods as well. You see her in the background of the characters. Silas? Yes, calling out for Silas throughout the forest as you're exploring through the woods. You, you find a bunch of old carny stuff in the woods as well. And that that makes your brain go places. As, oh, there's an old carnival like freak show sort of thing going on out here too. Oh no. The kids leave and the counselors are left alone. Uh, David Arquette Chris Hackett, he has to leave. He gets the hell out of there and leaves in a hurry. Too. Leaves in quite a hurry, and tells the counselors left at the camp, get in the cabin, lock the doors, don't leave. But he doesn't immediately tell them, "You guys are in danger tonight." He's just like, "Everything will be fine. Just get in the cabin, lock the doors, and make sure nobody leaves. Nobody goes outside. Nothing." And don't don't be loud. And don't be loud. Keep the volume down. And he leaves, and then teenagers do what teenagers do, and they fucking party. Party! <laughs> and uh, thus, horror movie craziness ensues. Before we, like, get to the craziness of the night, and we find out more about what's going on, we see a lot of interaction of these characters with each other, and we find out uh, how so-and-so feels about so-and-so and stuff like that. Of course, we got teenagers. There's drama. There's love. There's bullying. There's hormones, you know? Yes. And so Emma and Jacob, they were a thing throughout the summer camp, but it was just a summer fling. They both agreed to it, but now the summer is ending, and they're all going home, going their separate ways, and this is a big-time camp getaway sort of thing, so it's got people from all over coming to this place, so they don't exactly live close to each other outside of camp. So Emma is like, okay, summer's over. We're all leaving. It's time to break this off, Jacob. And he's like, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want to boink again. I want to stay boinking. Let's be, you know, long-distance relationship. And Brenda Song's character, Caitlin, 
uh, is giving him shit about it. She's ruthless. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Brenda Song. But <laughs> marry me. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm a guy who does podcasts. Yeah. I'm a high value man. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so there's that. And then there's Nick and Abby. They kind of got like a uh, we like each other, but we're too shy to say anything thing going on. Yes. You know, they got to have to be pushed into doing anything by the other characters. And then you got Ryan is in a love triangle apparently without him knowing or at least without him caring ryan being uh justice smith's character two people at camp have the hots for him one of them is brenda song's character caitlin and the other is dylan our favorite character yes dylan he's gay in here and he has a crush on ryan and honestly they are the cutest couple I think in here, I don't know. They're they're playful with each other. Dylan seems like he's a great guy. You kind of root for him, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, I hope I hope he gets Ryan in the end because then it winds up there's like potentially three people later on yep. for Ryan's affection. Yeah. Uh, and everybody just wants Justice Smith. Uh, that's that's the whole takeaway in this game is everybody's thirsty for Justice Smith. <laughs> and he's just like, hey. And he's just like, I, I just want to listen to my podcast and kind of be left alone. Like, I don't know why. I'm a loner guy, I mean. Yeah. I don't know why I brought on my dick. Like, <laughs> I just, I just have a crush on David Arquette, so. <laughs> who, can, who can blame him? <laughs> who can blame him? How you feel about David Arquette's performance in this game? I think he did a wonderful job. What um, you do see of him. What you do see of him without spoiling too much. Well, what you do see of him in the whole game. Like, even if we were to talk about spoilers now, we wouldn't have much to say. But you don't see a lot of David Arquette. He's here right now, and then he fucks off. Yeah, whenever... Well, yeah. But I think it's David Arquette just being David Arquette. <laughs> and I love it. He's like, the director probably, when he came in to do the voice, they're like... Just be yourself. Just be. It's it's Dewey 2.0, guys. Like, uh, just be you. Come in here and do what you do, David, and we'll we'll make it work. And he, so you get older David Arquette trying to, you know, be hip and cool. Well, not really. Uh, an older David Arquette just trying to counsel all these teens, and it's like wrangling cats, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you just have him. Up on it, up on the second floor on the balcony of the cabin, drinking his coffee, being like, "All right, get your butts in gear, <laughs> get them butts in gear," and he says stuff like "Okie dokie," and yeah, I don't know. I just we 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 have a crush on David Arquette, a man crush, a heterosexual, respectful man crush on David Arquette here. If I saw him, I'd give him a hug. I have, like, he kind of just seems like that guy, right? Like, I wouldn't give him a hug because I wouldn't want to, like... Yeah, freak him out. ...be in somebody's space like that, but you'd want to. I'd give him a good old firm handshake. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Arquette, it's a pleasure. An honor. And I'll never watch this it's thing It's an again. honor and a privilege. It's an honor. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> cringe. Well, that was cringe? If you went up to him and said, It's an honor. No, I was just making a reference to Scream. Oh, no. Good good reference. Anyway. <laughs> love you, David Arquette. We love you, David Arquette. Please, please. We like the things you do. Call us back. <laughs>
Ryan, Justice Smith's character Ryan, he he looks up to David Arquette clearly, uh, like a f- father figure. Yeah. He has some stuff going on back home, and he's trying to figure out between like school and his family. I think he has like family uh, members with like some health issues or something like that. And he looks up to Mister Hackett enough to ask for advice. Yeah, life advice, like full on life advice. And unfortunately when he does ask for it, Mr. Hackett is currently freaking the fuck out because he's trying to get these kids out of here before the night starts, before the sun goes down. Doesn't even know where he left the keys. Yeah. And uh I'd lose my own head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I love I love the the chemistry everybody kinda has here and there's, you know, like Smaller cliques, but everybody's still kind of cool with each other, even outside of those cliques. Yeah. There's really not a single character that just totally hates another person. I don't know. I think Emma's got some hatred towards Jacob. I think more than one character kind of has some hatred towards Jacob, just because Jacob's kind of a fuckboy. But, I don't know. He's not as much of a fuckboy as we are led to assume at the beginning. I mean, he's like, this isn't a spoiler. He's crying later in the... He's heartbroken. He's heartbroken. He's crying. He actually loves Emma. Uh, But he just kind of comes off as this goofball player, fuckboy. Yeah. Party guy. And and he he, he has some really good lines in here. He has his beard R. Boop. Boop. It's my beard R, dude. And and he's uh, talking about the... Skill. Skill. I fucking hate that so much. Double skill. Just walking through a window, like stepping over and like going through a window. Skill. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you loved it. I hated it. Uh, when he's like talking about the vodka watermelons, where he just pour vodka in a watermelon. He's like, put a hole in a watermelon, pour vodka right in there. It's the second most fun you can have with a watermelon. <laughs> Nobody asks what the first is. Nobody needs to. You're putting your dick in there. Emma, Emma's an interesting character, right? Did, did she kind of rub you the wrong way? Yes. Yes, absolutely yes. Uh, she's kind of bitchy. Yes, um, real bitchy. Kind of manipulative. Yes. Uh, and when we were playing through this game, you really wanted Jacob and Emma to get back together. And I was like, really just like, no, fuck Fuck her. Jacob's a king. He shouldn't be doing this shit. No. Full disclosure, I was only doing that just to annoy you. Why would you try to annoy me in a game where we're working together? It was funny to me. I wasn't. It was kind hardened, kind hardiness. I wasn't doing that to piss you off. I take these games serious. Oh, sorry. I do. I I, I take my decisions in video games serious. On my first playthrough, especially. Okay. Because like I like I get a vibe for what a character is feeling at the time and I'm like I am like being true to this character. Like the point where uh then the truth of dare where she kissed uh I got like physically upset. And you, oh, she like, kissed Nick. Yes. Right in front of Jacob and Abby. And then when Nick and Abby were together they were like, You wanna kiss? And they were like I was like, No I was like, Yeah, let him kiss. You were you were trying to like force Jacob and Emma back together, and you were trying to force like Abby to like just be like, okay, you can kiss whoever you want. I'll fucking make out with you to Nick, and I was like, no, fuck them. All right, Jacob's a king. He don't deserve this shit. He don't deserve to get his heart fucked with by Emma. Fuck her. She belongs to the streets. And and Nick, 
He's a fucking piece of shit. He's a playboy, or he's a player, and I don't fucking deal with players because I don't like to play no fucking games. All right, not with people's hearts. And Abby deserves better. <laughs> so no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it probably wouldn't even made that big of a difference in the story. Like seriously, if we would have picked for them to kiss, it would have probably them tried to lean in to go for a kiss, and then they would have heard something in the woods. No, I watched it. They kiss. In the prologue, we have two counselors trying to get to camp before we watch everything that we just talked about. And this is before the camp even starts. This is the night before. Night before camp starts. Um, Laura and Max are two counselors. They're a couple. They're driving together in the woods. They get a little lost. And they see something in the road while being distracted. And they swerve and go off-road to avoid it. And... As Max is trying to fix the car, Laura goes out to look through the woods because they think they might have hit somebody. So she goes looking through the woods near the road to see if there's anybody out there that might be injured or anything like that. And what she finds is a bunch of carny shit and a ghost of an old woman saying, Silas! Right in her fucking ear, too. And so, of course, she freaks out and she runs back to Max and they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And so they fix up the car. They start to try to drive off but they're stuck in the mud and then ted Raimi fucking shows up in an officer's outfit in a police officer's outfit and he's like what the fuck are y'all doing out here and apparently he got lost on his way back from the fucking cabin <laughs> looking for the necronomicon and he fell into a police uniform and now he's just like being a super fucking creepy cop patrolling the woods around a camp full of teenagers yeah with the pencil oh my god okay so he goes to mark Laura's map to tell them where the uh, Harbinger Motel is. Alright, they have to get to the Harbinger Motel. They better fucking not go to Hackett's Quarry tonight. They better go to that fucking motel. That's what he told them. And he, like, sticks the pencil in his mouth before he, like, uses it to mark the map. And they make it just, like, super, like, focused on this action. And it's just really sticking that thing in his lower lip under his tongue. Just getting it in that saliva and while staring at the teenage girl just while he does it slowly moves the pencil down to the map so they're trying to they're trying to make him creepy but he's not he's he's a cop and so they they wound up going to Hackett's quarry anyway Hackett's quarry being the campsite like they were told not to do and they find something in the basement in the basement of the main lodge the main cabin in Hackett's Quarry. They break open the doors to the to the basement from those like storm shelter doors, and uh, they go down there. And Max, the boyfriend, he's attacked by something. We don't see it, and it runs off. But he's bleeding. And then Ted Raimi shows up again, shoots his gun, fires his gun off camera, and then uses a syringe to drug Laura. She passes out. And he's like, Does this look like the Harbinger Motel to you? And that's where we get the quarry title screen pops up. With, uh, Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. But it's not the Frank Sinatra version. It's a cover. It's a cover by Alma Kogan. We are then introduced to the rest of our camp counselors. Time jump to the end of camp. And before we get into that, I also want to give a little honorable mention to the song Moonlight by Ariana Grande that was 
played in the beginning of the game. Good song. Really good song. I also want to give a shout out to after Fly Me to the Moon when we see uh, the introduction to Hackett's Quarry after the time jump and we see the other counselors and it's playing music that sounds like it'd be part of like a Walmart commercial. So, shout out to that fucking song. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think now we're getting into spoilers. We're going into spoilers right now, so if you haven't played this game and you don't want to be spoiled on anything, stop now or we'll break your fucking legs. We're giving you to the count of three. One. Three! You are now entering the spoiler zone. Alright, now we're in spoiler territory. Justin! Fucking werewolves! <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, we don't have a slasher on our hands. We have werewolves. A lot of subtle hints before it's revealed. Not even subtle. Okay, so like... <laughs> you already had a... In the prologue, as soon as I saw something in the woods, I was like... Or something on the road, I was like, mm? Well, no. I was like, mm? Creature. And then we swerve off the road, and then they get to Hackett's quarry, and there's something locked up in the basement, and we kind of see like its shoulder moving, and it looks like it's eating something. And you're like, and I'm mm-hmm. like, mm? <laughs> and then Ted Raimi shows up, starts shooting something, and then the fucking song plays, "Fly Me to the Moon." While while a giant full moon is in the background and the quarry comes up looking like it's splattered in blood, the text does. And I'm like, werewolves. <laughs> and that is exactly what we're due to, but it's pretty wicked ass looking werewolves in this game. Do they have fur? Doesn't look like they do. It's like a fucking like, I don't know. Are they furless werewolves? I've, I've been trying to figure that out because like, you, you kind of... You don't get good, like, long looks at these fucking things. No, they're like, it's mostly, like, in the dark. Yeah. But they talk about, like, fur and hair in the games, uh, in, in their vocal lines. Uh, but it, it has me thinking maybe that the, it, it was a design choice made after the script was written. Or maybe we just have to play the PS5 version to see the fur. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, this was played on a PS4. It kind of looked like they were hairless to me. And the way they turn into the werewolves was different to me, too. Like, at werewolf movies I've seen, it's always like this slow transformation. Their nails start getting longer. Hair starts growing off their arms like fucking Teen Wolf or some shit or... American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. But in this game, transformations ever. But in this game, they just burst fucking out. Fucking their explode. whole body explodes in the fucking werewolves Were- inside of them. Yeah, which I I kind of like that too. It, it it reminds me of that action horror movie with Hugh Jackman, Van Helsing. The werewolf transformation in there um, is like you know they're like in pain as a person in pain. And then they start ripping skin off and the fur is underneath. I would have rather went with that. And Yeah, they just start like ripping their skin off and the <clears throat> werewolf is like underneath it. Uh, and like the, the mouth like opens and the muzzle comes out. 
Hell yeah. yeah like, so it's like the werewolf is from within and comes out of the human. Like, I get, I mean, it's a different way of doing it to me. I didn't particularly like the way they did that, but I can understand why. It was probably going to be a fucking, like, animation nightmare for them to try to have them yeah, transform. But it, I mean, it's video games. They could have done it. I it was. I think this was just purely a stylistic choice of, like, somebody in a meeting when, when talking about this shit at Supermassive Games is like, you know, explode. you know what would be really fucking cool? Exploding werewolves as their transformation. But the thing that I also was kind of meh about was you don't ever see them turn back to human. Like, there's that scene where you see Max turn into the werewolf when they're in the prison or the jail cells. Mm-hmm. And then it skips over to the next morning and, oh, he's just there, normal. You never see them turn back to human ever in this whole game. That's fine. I wanted to see how they would do it. Oh, they because just, they explode out, so you're, like, I would just assume, like, that's like, just the transformation into the werewolf is the explosion. So they, then the werewolf explodes and then it's the human again? Well, I would just assume that's the transformation into the werewolf, and then back into human, they just, like, shrink and to, like, human form. Like Hulk going back to Bruce Banner. Yeah, could be. Would have liked to have seen it, but that's just nitpicking. That is nitpicking. That's something I don't give a shit about. <laughs> I do. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, you give a shit about the how they turn back into human. I give a shit about being true to the characters, Justin. Oh, sorry. You should be. You should be, too. You fucking asshole. Dick. Yeah, I mean, who gives a shit how they do their lamer transformation? The cool thing is a werewolf explodes out of a fucking human and leaves a mess of exploded human bits all over the fucking place. Now, that is a fucking way to make an entrance as a transformation. That's like kicking the door in. It's different, yeah. Could you imagine if, like, I turned into a fucking werewolf right now and you'd expect something like American Werewolf from London where I'm just like, Stop me before I kill again! But instead, oh, I like I, that shit. But instead, I'm just like... What's cracking, little bitch? <laughs> yeah, it's different. <laughs> Look what I did to this fucking guy and he was me. What do you think I'll do to you? <laughs> like when Nick first transforms. Yeah. That is an oh shit moment. When Nick pushes Abby and throws her against the wall on the other side of the room. Yeah. And we're just like, fuck this. He's t- he's turning now. She picks up a gun. You have the choice to shoot him or not. I chose, shoot the motherfucker. He's yes. a werewolf. So we shot him, and he fucking eats the fucking bullet. And I don't mean literally eats. I say that when somebody just takes the fucking hit. Like, straight up. just. So he eats the fucking bullet. And then he's just like, you know what? No. And just boom! Fucking werewolf. Now I'm thinking for real, like, oh shit. <laughs> but luckily, he does the horror movie trope of like, big scary monster jumps out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of doing what he could have done right there and just killing everyone in that room, jumps out the window. Well, you never know if you thank God if you would have missed that shot or not shot him. What would have happened? Maybe. And and that's the that's the thing we need to know. We've only done one playthrough of this, so 
uh, our, our knowledge of what all can happen in this game is limited because it's a game with many, many splitting paths. All of these supermassive games are. If we went into detail about every single possible scenario, we'd be talking about this game for days. Right, but I think no matter what path you take, it all follows kind of the, of a similar general direction. Like, you have to start off at the at Hackett's Quarry. You have to go swimming with Jacob and Emma. You have to explore the, the work shed with Ryan and Dylan. Maybe, possibly. Their characters could have died, could die before then. You well, I'm not, well, yes, but I'm not counting how long a character lives or not. I'm saying if a character lives up to this point, then they go to the work shed at this point, no matter what you do, or they go swimming at this point, no matter what you do, yeah. as long as they're alive. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of choices to be made, and we're, we have a limited point of view based off of our playthrough, but we get the idea of everything that this game is about. It's about surviving the night, don't get eight and don't turn yep. and through our playthrough how many playable characters did we have die Justin none we saved them all thank god uh, how many characters did we have turn Justin one and that was inevitable so we think yeah no Laura she's like there's no way you could have stopped that well I was talking about uh, what's his face Nick he turns Nick oh yeah he's inevitable too yeah yeah. And Max. Which one's Max again? Max was the guy with Laura. Yeah, he's inevitable. Yeah. We had no optional people change. Oh, no. And that's the thing about the game that we found out later. Every single playable character, they can get infected. I didn't know that. Yes. All of them. Like Jacob he, can get infected? Yes. Abby? Yes. All of them. Emma? Yes, they Ryan? can all, Well, yes. Ryan did get infected, but yes. he never turned. They can all get it. infected. There's a, like, there's a scene where Dylan, when they're doing that whole thing where he's trying to get on the radio and stuff, mm-hmm. where uh, he could get bit in the hand or arm. And we have to cut the fucking cut arm off, off see the with part. the groovy chainsaw. Yeah. That part we didn't have to do because... Well, we saw that part in a premonition, and we were able to avoid it. Yes. Yeah. So he kept he got to keep his hand. Yeah. There's scenes to where you want this person to hold this gun or you want to leave it here. Yeah. Certain times if you didn't get the gun. Somebody might be fucked. Somebody might be fucked. Or uh, they just might have a harder time getting out of a situation that would have been easy if they had the gun. Because that's one thing I will say about this game. Even if you do fuck up, sometimes the game will give you a chance to redeem yourself. Yes. It's fair. It is fair. But it doesn't always give you that chance, depending on what mistake you made. Some mistakes, it's just like, oh, you fucked. <laughs> or sometimes you think you're making the right decision, like what you're supposed to in this entire game. You hit that X button a bunch, and you win, but... And then you blow Lynn Shay's fucking face off. <laughs> oh my let's, so yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. How did you feel, Brandon? You saw how I felt, motherfucker. <laughs> I love Lin Shay. Like, I adore... Every time Lin Shay comes on screen in a... Well, this is the first video game I've seen her in, but every time she comes on screen on a movie, I'm like, oh, it's Lin Shay! I like, I am, I'm such a huge Lin Shay fan. And there's this one part of the game where you're playing as Laura, and Laura and Lin Shay's character, uh, Cadence, yes. are struggling over a shotgun. 
and, and like it's like she, one of them's pulling on it and the other one's pulling on it. They're like li- physically like fighting over playing tug of war with this damn shotgun. And so it, it's giving you the prompt to smash the X button a lot. And, and so boy, I'm like, he was hitting that X button. I'm like, oh, I got to do this or, or she's going to kill me. And so I do it. And when I succeed, I am rewarded with Lynn Shay's face getting blown the fuck off like Kurt Cobain. Just fucking Ooh. shattered skull, brain, and face all over the fucking room. And ladies and gentlemen, if you would have saw Brandon's face when this happened. Hell, my face was like that. I was like, oh no. I was fucking devastated. And, and yeah, as just, I was just like mouth agape, wide-eyed, looking at the TV like, <sighs> oh! <laughs> You're like, Lin He literally said, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, he literally said that. Oh no. And of course I had to be like, well, sometimes in a struggle accidents happen. Yeah, true. Somebody should have put the fucking safety on before wrestling over a damn shotgun. With live ammunition in it. God. Lynn Shay, we're sorry. This goes out to you. I, I did not mean for you to get the happy ending of a shotgun blowjob. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but turns out that that was the right decision to do anyways. Was it? Because from what I understand, Lynn Shay could have survived and so could have Laura and everybody else it's just the like people certain people you have to kill in order to save the better people uh is david arquette's character chris hackett and silas yeah well from what i've read to in order to get like the perfect ending you have what you did was the correct thing to do i don't think her living affects anything though okay so something i saw makes me believe that I've watched videos on YouTube of the perfect ending where you unlock everything and every single one of them has her blowing Lin Shay's face off. That was after our playthrough, right? Yes, this was after. Okay. My eternal and internal regrets of absolutely demolishing the face of a horror community sweetheart like Lin Shay aside, the game's great. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, a lot of choices are hard choices, but I think we made a lot of good ones. The disagreements we had during the thing where we were like, we're going to pick this way. Rock, paper, scissors it. <laughs> we did a lot of rock, paper, scissors during this game. We scissored a lot. A lot of scissors. During, during this game. There was so much scissoring. We had some disagreements. I'm finding out now it was because Justin was just fucking with me throughout most of it. But uh, Just for those other parts. The other ones was legit. Uh-huh. No, for real. Uh-huh. Just the romantic parts that I knew probably didn't have any bearing in the story. Oh, just, you know, my involvement and how into these characters I was. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm learning a lot today. The consensus of all of this put together is, fuck you, Justin. <laughs> yeah, we're fighting against werewolves. What do we know about these werewolves? They were weak to silver, like werewolves usually are. Yeah. They can't cross running water, which, correct me if I'm wrong, not being able to go over moving water, like rivers and streams. I, I've always connected that to vampires, but not werewolves. Has that always been a thing for werewolf lore? I thought werewolves was, I mean, I thought vampires was uh, salt, or was that witches? That's ghosts. 
Witches too, right? You make like a little ghost salt. Well, okay. The show Supernatural had uh, werewolves weak to salt because werewolves in Supernatural were hellhounds. Yeah. But in the physical world, and they were invisible because they couldn't afford cinematics like special effects for werewolves. Uh, that's all I know about Supernatural too, because I didn't watch that show. But I know the shit about the werewolves because somebody told me. The werewolves in Supernatural are invisible. I'm like, that sounds like a fucking ripoff. <laughs> and I looked into it. But anyways, I, I have no idea about the running water. Yeah, I know moving water is a thing for vampire lore. because I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, in old vampire lore, they can't cross rivers or streams or anything like that. They're not able to do it. Can they go on hollow ground? Or is that a yeah, witch thing? No, uh, vampires can't go on hollow ground. Witches can't either. Uh, I, I think werewolves might be able to go on hollow ground. And I also know vampires, you can't, they can't come inside your house unless you, unless you invite, invite them in. Invite them in, yeah. Yeah, vampires are like that. But the running water thing, I know, I knew that for a fact because Dracula had that same issue and he had to cross an ocean and he had to cheat to do it by carrying a box full of the dirt that he was buried in from his home and put his coffin in it and ride in the coffin. That's how he was able to... He cheated the system He cheat, he, he found a loophole in his curse. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't cross moving water. This, they obviously can't be around in the sunlight. Yeah, because they just turn back to normal out, 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 out of the full moonlight. And it is full moon. Specifically, these werewolves turn into werewolves yep. during the full moon. So um, they're only around for a few days of the month. Yeah. And they try to... We kind of don't know if it is magical fully or somewhat scientific. I think it is magical, though. Because yeah. how else would it be if you kill the werewolf that bit somebody else and that person who was bit by that werewolf ceases to be a werewolf? That's a curse. Yes. There's no scientific explanation for that. Yeah, that's just a curse. Yeah, that's just a curse. So, um, yeah, it is more fantastical and magical than scientific but i felt like with the running water thing it was just like they hate water on a biological level i like how they went to the story about how the hackets became werewolves yes and it all starts with the hag of hackett's quarry the hag of hackett's quarry yeah you know the hag of hackett's quarry okay let's just stop fucking saying the hag of hackett's quarry what's wrong with saying the hag of hackett's quarry okay <laughs> she was part of the carny that was going around town and they had a special attraction called Silas. The dog boy. The dog boy. But it was a werewolf and... Not just any werewolf. The werewolf. He was the, the white wolf. Which white wolves, I think, show up in werewolf lore as like natural alphas of werewolves. He, he sired most of the werewolves in the area. He is the one responsible for the Hackett's being werewolves because Silas bit one of the Hackett's daughters. Yeah. And it just carried on throughout most of the family. About half of them were werewolves. I mean, the daughter, the son, the father. Mm -hmm. The Holy Ghost. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Chris Hackett, his, his kids. Yes, him and his kids were werewolves. Uh, well, Chris's kids specifically were the first to get bit by Silas. Yes. Uh, the daughter first. Yes. And then she bit 
the son, the brother, and the father yeah. on the same night. Surprisingly, didn't kill them. And so Ted Raimi's character, Tim Hackett, has been hunting Silas ever since to get rid of the curse. To get rid of the curse, along with Bobby and Jedediah and Shay's character, she Hackett is. and Lynn Shay. She's kind of like. She's the head mama of them all, so yep. she's uh, calling the shots. Yep. As they hunt for Silas, the boy that's gone missing, whose mama ran the carnival, the traveling carnival freak show, and she died in the fire six years prior to the events of the game. Believe so. Uh, which is weird, because if this game took place in like 2020, 2020, or 2019. 2021. 2021? Yeah. Which means COVID just didn't happen in their world. I don't know. It's a video game. Uh, around 2019 to 2021, the events took place. That would mean... I'm going to go with 2019, so... 2013 is a weird time for a traveling freak show to be a thing. That seems more like uh, a... A 19-06. Sort of thing. Go down to the, to the traveling freak show and see the two-headed strongest woman... With a mustache. <laughs> uh, before going to fight in the World War. Yeah. The Archduke Franz Ferdinand's dead, but to distract yourself from the oncoming World War, go see the Alligator Man. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, I mean, that is how Ripley's yeah. Believe It or Not started. So. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. That kind of seems like the right time frame for a freak show. But the apparently man, we... The man with horns in his head. Yeah. But apparently we had one around 2013. Nice. Sure. And she put her own son in it, who was afflicted by the curse of the full moon. Who infected Silas? Did we? Did they even bring up no. that question in the eh, in the game? The Cory 2 prequel? They don't do that. They're not going to do anything else. Cory, that's it. No. Yeah, this is it. That, uh, once they're done with a specific story, they move on to the next one. They have a lot of stories to tell. Well, they'll have another game that we'll fall in love with. Oh, yeah. But- like I said, we're already waiting on the next one, the Zodiac yeah. Massage one. Kind of if they get Tobin Bell to be in that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what the creepiest, twist, mind-blowing thing about the quarry for me was? What? The lady that you give the tarot cards to. Oh, yeah, she's the Hag of Hackett's quarry. Yes. But well, we, we assumed that early on, didn't we? Because she was on the cover of the, of the carnival posters. Yeah, but... The fact that she gets more and more deranged further as the story goes along. When it starts affecting her directly. It was that, creepy. As soon as Silas starts coming into like being mentioned in the story, she's like, Don't let them get my boy, you know. Like that was it was making me like, Ugh, yeah. creepy as fuck. Yeah. That was the one that was that when you come to the realization that that was the Haggah Hacks core, you're like, Oh Yeah. It gets creepy. This game's creepy. It does play really well for horror. It, it like it does its job horror wise. There's parts of this game that will scare you. Yes, there is some jump scares where werewolves will be coming after you. Yeah, or just creepy atmosphere and locations, yes. like when you fall into da 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 the quarry. <laughs> but you can tell that they have a love for the horror genre, especially in film. They make references all the time, and in this one, I love the references in this one, especially in Laura, because they were talking about the Hag of Hackett's Quarry when Eyepatch Laura shows up, 
And they're like, well, we, we saw the, the ghost lady in the woods and stuff like that. And she's like, no, you're not in a ghost story. You're in a creature feature. And there's werewolves. <laughs> All yeah. of the evil dead references. Yes, when they were going down to the basement. Max was like, you've seen the evil dead, right? If we go into the basement, it's bad news. Yeah. And uh, the chainsaw in the work shed that says Groovy on it. Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi just existing here. And of course the uh the the, the A scene that we didn't get to see because we did the the save his hand, but they get the groovy chainsaw to cut in the in the work off. shed. Yeah. In the work shed. The work shed is the exact same like work shed. Yeah, almost. It's a little bit more spacious than the quarry. Does but. it have the hand thing to hold it? <laughs> no. But um I would have laughed at that I'd have that. There, there's quite a few Evil Dead. I think the Necronomicon gets referenced a bit in like some notes or something like that that you find. Not like the Necronomicon itself. I think like the book. Yeah, not the book itself. It's like uh, a page of it, like like some of the artwork or inscriptions from the pages of the Necronomicon is like in one of the papers that you can find laying around. Alright, the quarry's in the Evil Dead universe. This is not Jason Goes to Hell. Oh no, that wasn't the Necronomicon that they saw. That was just a book. And that dagger, it was just the dagger. It wasn't no Kandarian dagger. We're not going down this road again. What other references did you catch in this game? Uh, Just references like Madman. You know, when she's just uh, going in there and she saw the guy in the woods and she's like, oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I did feel... Like, this was, like, out of all the movies we talked about, this is the closest to Mad Men. There was, like, some similarities between... I, I'm trying to remember exactly what they were now, but I feel like there was some similarities to this and Mad Men. I think, uh, like, Max, the, the camp leader in Mad Men, fucks off for the night and leaves the counselors to some shit that goes terribly wrong that night. Yeah. Uh, is similar to David Arquette doing the same exact thing. Yeah. They're like, well, good luck, and leave. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between this and Madman. Hillbilly Bumpkins in overalls. I I like this character. Oh, Bobby? Yes. Yeah. Hey, you stole my knife! And rips it out of Ryan's side. (laughs) (laughs) He stabs Ryan with a knife. Bobby does. Bobby Hackett stabs Ryan in the side with a knife just like not even thinking about it just like knife goes here (laughs) well this was right after you blow Lynn Chase's face off yeah and Ryan goes running with the knife in the side and you can choose to pull it out or not we chose not to because uh, I've done first aid before I know as soon as you pull that out the motherfucker's gonna bleed to death and I looked into it and you were correct if you would have pulled the knife out he would have just dropped dead actual survival knowledge that I've learned through my time in the military has saved me in the most important area of my life ever. Video games. In video games. <laughs> yes. I did it! <laughs> the scene is just, it's kind of sad and it's kind of like lame also. He's just walking and then just falls over. I yeah. mean, that's how it would be if yeah. he pulled it out. Yeah. So you have the choice to pull it out or not. Like I said, we didn't. We yeah. continue. We, we continue running with a fucking knife in our side, and then Bobby finds us again, and he's like, he sees the knife that he put in Ryan's side. He goes, hey, you stole my knife! It pulls it out of his, just rips it out of his side. So I think what we didn't fully pick up on right away, I think Bobby might have been autistic. 
Possibly. I think that was the case. Because he seems to be really clueless on, on a lot of the stuff that's going on, but he's just doing what he's told. He's the leather face of the group. Yeah, but like not to that extent. You know, uh, he's a high, if he is autistic, he, he's a highly functioning autistic person. I was kind of picking that up, and I'm not being disrespectful in any way. It's just legit. Uh, this uh, I, I know some autistic people, and I was kind of picking up that vibe from, from Bobby. There was the part in the cabin where you run into the Hackett's. Uh-huh. There, you're thinking they're after you, but they're really looking for the werewolves. Yeah. There was a part where you freaked out really bad because you missed an input and you lost your gun. Yeah, when I was uh, Caitlin, yes. Brenda, uh, Brenda Song's character, I lost my fucking gun because Bobby was uh, there and we were like fighting. Uh, but the whole time, well, we didn't fully know right away, though we kind of caught on early on before they told us, was that the, the, the redneck Hackett families of Jedediah and Bobby are actually out there hunting the werewolves and protecting the kids. Yes. Because no matter what happened, the kids were never in danger with them, it seemed. And they never like went after any of the kids except for Nick. And that's because Nick was bit. And when you blew Lynn Chase's face off. Well, yeah, but... Like Jedediah straight up like looks at the camera and is like, no more protecting shit. And pulls out a fucking uh, revolver. <laughs> at that point, we knew we fucked up. Yeah. They're covering everybody in wo- werewolf blood. Protection. To uh, mask their scent, I guess. Or werewolf blood is a scent to other werewolves of like, stay away from this. You get hurt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, whatever it is, it naturally draws werewolves away from that area or masks the scent of prey. I was trying to get Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin hit with some werewolf blood in her interaction with Bobby there, but it didn't happen. I probably could have done something better to make it happen. Probably. But instead I fucked up because we had a, a hint. And there's tarot cards and evidence and stuff like that you're finding throughout the game. And the tarot cards can give you hints on what to do in the future and one of those that we got for uh told us stay out of the hunter's way so when we rolled up on bobby while he's hunting for werewolves i tried to stay out of his way and in turn just failed some inputs intentionally not knowing i was gonna lose my fucking gun over it (laughs) yes so i was pretty upset about that the game's not always 100 clear we already went over that who's your favorite like pairings in this game favorite pairings would have to be probably like, like when two characters find themselves together even if it's like they like each other and that i'm not worried about like who was cool together who's funny together oh caitlin and dylan that's what i was gonna say yeah uh in the the fucking junkyard yes was my like one of my favorite parts they had like really good friend chemistry because they both like the same guy, but instead of being like, we we probably could have made them petty about it, right? Yeah. Through dialogue choice, but we didn't. They're like, so fucking Ryan and Laura, right? What the fuck? And they kind of yeah. bonded over that. Yeah. Uh, because Laura shows up and she's mysterious, like one-eyed lady. Who oh, we didn't mention the whole them being in jail scene. There's a lot to this fucking game. We might yeah. not be able to cover every aspect in this episode the regenerative properties of getting bit 
Oh yeah, she grows her eye back. So they check under the the eye patch, and she has her eye back after she got bit. And uh, her scars heal and all that. And the other guy gets bit to get his wound healed from the side. From the yeah, Ryan. Yeah, he, when gets... he had the knife in his side. We had Laura bite him. Which was very nerve-wracking because... Because uh, I didn't know... Like, that could have went so fucking bad. That could have went so fucking bad. Luckily, it didn't, but that could have gone so fucking bad. Oh, yeah, where she bites you, and then it's like... She I doesn't stop. stop. Yeah. She's got fucking blood and flesh in her mouth as she's, like, on the verge of turning already. And, like, I didn't think about that until last second after we made the choice. They give you the option to try to get away. And it didn't matter. You know, it's too late. Because, like, you and I, we were at disagreement on whether or not she should bite him. I said no. I was like, yeah. And you're like, he's going to die if we don't. He's bleeding out from the stab wound. Well, I mean, for real. And I'm like, that is true, but we might be able to help him get out of this anyway. We find, like, some medical shit or something. Uh, we don't have to resort to... Giving him the curse of the werewolf to heal a stab wound. That's like getting fucking chemotherapy for a headache. And then my argument <laughs> to that was... And then my argument to that was, well, I mean, if he gets bit and turns into a werewolf, he's not technically dead, so... And I was like, fine, we'll, we'll fucking do it. You won the rock, paper, scissors there. I was like, fine, we'll fucking do it. She'll bite him. And so, Unwillingly, you were like, god damn it. Yeah, I was like, damn it. Okay, fine, she'll bite him. And then as... We made the decision. I was like, wait, what if she can't stop herself? And you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then it gives you Because, like, just before that, she was like, I feel it. I'm turning soon. And then we didn't think about that until we made the decision. And then we're like, wait! <laughs> and then the game gives you the option. You can and you second pull thought. away, second thoughts. And I'm like, yes, yes, pull away, second thoughts. And he's like, wait, hold on. I don't know about this. And she just grabs a motherfucker and starts chomping on him. And we're like, no. And I was like, oh, shit, no. But she manages to pull away and stop herself. And we're like, <laughs> we thought she was about to just freaking. We thought we killed Ryan just the. <laughs> But he survives, and he doesn't actually fully turn. She fucking does, though. And we have to shoot Chris Hackett, which then cures her, because she was bit by Max, who was bit by Chris. Yeah. And in turn, them killing Chris Hackett saved Max and Laura. Yeah. And, um, Ryan. Right. But not Nick. No, not Nick. Because he was still a werewolf, because he was bit by Silas. Bit by Silas, which I didn't catch until near the end of the game. Yes. It didn't... Uh, let's talk... We, while we're at it, let's go ahead and talk about the ending of the game. I was... Well, uh, hold on. Can we go back to the scrapyard? Yes, we can. Because I love the fucking scrapyard. We were about to get into that, and then we started talking about Laura biting Ryan. The scrapyard, they they were all like, fucking Laura and Ryan, right? Like, what the fuck's up with that? I mean, it's fucking bullshit. Uh, and then they go to the scrapyard, and uh, Dylan, I mean, Dylan yeah. and Caitlin, they're like, fucking, what the fuck? They go to the scrapyard, and, like, probably the coolest, like, action scene in the game with the giant magnet and the car, and Caitlin in the car, like, what the fuck? She's in the car, he's at the, he's at the magnet crane's controls, just like... That rock song where you didn't think, where the fuck in the quarters? Oh, it's like, yeah. It was from that uh, the radio that was in that... Uh, yeah, there was a metal song in the soundtrack. I was like, where does this come into play? Yeah, there's a part where 
in, in that car that's on the crane, it starts blaring music and attracts a werewolf to the area. That's the music. Yeah. And then Dylan has to save Caitlin. We made all the right moves, thank God. Because we, that could have ended fucking terribly. Oh, they both... I already looked into it. They both could have died. Yeah. There. Who was that werewolf? That was Nick. That was Nick? Yes, that was Nick. Okay. And you were like... <laughs> at the end when we, like, threw the car down on top of him... I was him, like, no, you we just were like, killed Nick. Yeah, we just fucking killed Nick. Like, nope. That, that car ain't made out of silver. We're good. <laughs> True. <laughs> And uh, no, he didn't make it. So, yeah, yeah. Got the guys. There's there's so much to go on about in this fucking game. It's a long game, but it's totally worth it. If you listen to this, even though you listen to the spoiler section, even though you haven't played it, trust us. Play this fucking game. It's good. It's it's a great story. It's good. It'll it'll take just in cutscenes alone without the gameplay involved. It's over eight and a half hours long, almost nine hours of cutscenes. Yeah, that you have to watch. You can't fast forward. You can't pause. The the cutscenes are the reason you're here in this yeah. game. There's like almost nine hours of cutscenes that you're gonna watch because it's basically a movie. If if you haven't put that together yet, this is basically a movie with limited gameplay sections, and it's mostly just you choosing between two different possible scenes. So yeah. I mean, you can move around freely at some points in the game, but it's just to get from point A to point B. It's kind of linear. Yeah, just to move the plot along and to explore, find evidence and secrets and stuff like that. That's where you find your evidence and your tarot cards. So we're going to get into the ending of the game and talk about like the credit scenes and all that stuff. Uh, but like, trust me, there's a lot we're like we've barely touched on or glazed over in this game because yeah. there's so much to it. There's gonna be so much stuff when I'm editing this fucking episode, where I'm kicking myself for for not bringing up because I'll think about it later. Yes, but, but there, like I said, if we were to go through our entire playthrough, this would be like a four or five hour. Yeah, it would be episode. a long. This is already like before editing. We're just talking about the topic right now. Before editing, I'm already gonna. I can tell you guys right now, this is gonna be a fucking nightmare. This is 101 minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the longest I think we've gone on talking just about the topic. Yeah, this is gonna be a long episode. Yeah, which is good because it's what we're closing off Camp Macabre with. So that's cool. Yes. We're finishing strong, I believe. So yeah, uh, let's talk about the ending here and uh uh let me just be straight up with you um the ending's fucking disappointing i agree i was gonna say i didn't like the ending at all no it's it's so they dropped the fucking ball hard when it comes to how they ended this game because it's so sudden and abrupt you shoot silas or you don't shoot silas and like a bunch of people die um, but we chose shoot Silas. Yeah, you shoot Silas, and that's it. It was uh, Laura, Ryan, and uh, Tim. Yeah, Ted Ramey's Ted, Ted Ramey's character, Tim. In the woods where they ran off the road months earlier, Laura and Max did, uh, and they find Silas in werewolf form and white wolf form. We never see Silas in human form because I believe they said when he got bit, he stopped aging, and he's a, still a little boy in human form. Yes, because at the ending, when he, when you show when he's dead, it's him in human form dead. And he's a, he's a kid. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember seeing him in human form, but 
that's I was probably just upset at this ending at that point. Yeah, at the ending where it shows who also lived and survived. Yeah. So you know how in some movies, right before it hits to credits, it gives you kind of like a brief text breakdown of what happens to the characters after the movie's over with. I know in some movies it's like Bradley went on to go to college at Harvard University where he would spend six months well, being completely doped out of his mind and with cocaine and hookers. Uh, you know, like, that sort of thing. And it does that, but even more basic. Yes. It's just, Laura lived. Max was cured of his werewolfism, and he lived through the night. That's it. And, like, it's just going through every character that's alive or dead and letting you know they're alive or they're dead, or they're still a werewolf, or they're cured of their werewolfism. Like, you don't see none of the survivors meet back up with each other. There's no ending scene. No. It's just... Unless you get the Hackett's arrested, and there's a scene of like cop cars pulling up. Oh, okay. And that's it. Because none of the Hackett's die. Yeah, well, if you have enough evidence to get the Hackett's arrested, if you collect all the evidence, after the credits, I believe, there's there's a part where a bunch of cop cars pull up to the Hackett house, and that's all you see. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there's no actual ending scene to this. It's just... Boom, Silas is dead, you get an update. Who's alive, who's dead. You get a head count, basically. And then that's it. And that's it. Game over. Game over. When the ending credits are done, you hear these podcasters talk. Yeah, as the credits are rolling, you hear the podcast that Ryan listens to talking about the events of the game. They got the events of the Hackett Quarry massacre, or whatever they're calling it. And they talk about the evidence you collected and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. And creepy shit that was going on, and they're trying to figure out what. Like, they don't get the idea that it was werewolves, though. The podcast doesn't. Yeah. They just know something fucking weird happened out there. Yep, and that's it. Yeah. I the ending fell flat for me. I didn't like it at all. I hope they update that. I hope they fix that. I hope they do too, because I mean, you've played other uh, of these type of games, and the endings are a lot better. Yes. Yeah felt like it was like rushed and they just couldn't figure out a right ending and then it just it did feel really rushed at the ending yeah because even the events leading up to going to see silas was rushed felt really rushed so it's like oh we've been trying to find silas all these years it's like well i saw silas when you found us on the side of the road oh let's go there oh hey there's silas like what you don't even get like a kind of a final boss moment. You just point, shoot, end. Yeah, I don't know. It, the whole ending kind of just felt lazy. <laughs> it felt like they just ran out of time. And they had to get this finished. But hey, you know, sometimes it just be like that. Sometimes you get a Mass Effect, all right, where it's it's all about the journey and not the destination. This one I have to say is definitely the case. Yeah, the journey. Because the journey's the, great. The journey is great. The storyline is great. It's just when you get to the ending part, it's just, nah. You're done. Like, go, and you don't even feel like you're. Go getting, play Elden Ring. You don't even <laughs> feel. Like, you don't even feel like you're getting to the ending yet because I mean, just like a few scenes right before the ending, it feels like all right, we're just still continuing, we're going, yeah. we're going, and then. Well, I mean, we had the same reaction. We looked at each other and we're like, like "That's it. That's it. That's there's no more." And then credits started rolling, and we're like, oh, what the fuck? Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it was... I didn't like it yeah. at all. But the game itself, all together, it's great. Oh, it's great. What would you rate it if you worked at IGN? 
I give it an eight point five or a nine out of ten. Okay, I'd probably give it a seven point four. Uh, if I was a werewolf and complain about there being too much water. Thank you guys for joining us on the Camp Macabre. We're well, glad you sat here in the campfire with us. Let's try to finish up the quarry first. Oh, I thought we did. We just said, oh, overall, the quarry's great. Yeah. And then we're, we're, we're basically making an ending as bad as the quarry's ending. That's the point. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's, we're good. We can do better. <laughs> we can do better. How would you have... Uh, okay, here's a good thing. How would you have uh, wanted the quarry to end? Oh, if I could write my own ending? Yes. Well, you see, here, there's there's a reason why they didn't do it, I think. Because you'd have to write so many different endings. True. You would have to make so many different cutscenes. All depending on your choices up to this point. Who lives, who dies. Like, oh, you did this one where everyone lived except Caitlin. Now you have to write an ending for that. And also the Hackets are arrested. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different factors to the ending. But ultimately, like, for our playthrough, how would I write that ending? Yes. Uh, look, uh, I would have it they all go out for shawarma. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have the ending be... Um... Actually, you know what? I want the ending to be... They all, like, get together, hug it out. They're like, oh, my God, like, some shit happened. It fucking sucks. But we're alive, and we made it out, and they all look up at the at the sunrise coming up over the horizon in the, in the Hackett's Quarry, and just above the sunrise is the giant ghostly face of David Arquette and Abraham Lincoln smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, besides the ending part, besides playing Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner, how would you how would you do the ending? Like you said, except for that joke ending with the like, them all meeting each other again, them finishing their like stories, Emma and Jacob, all that, and then would you do something that has a the end question mark sort of thing? Now, now. They're being hunted by a slasher serial killer who... Double twist, it is a slasher. It is a slasher. Now they're the sequel to the Corey is a slasher. They're being hunted by somebody who knows what they did last summer. Sam Raimi. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Lynn Shea's twin sister. <laughs> final thoughts on the Corey. My final thoughts on the Corey is, is a very well structured game really really good storyline I really really like a game that has a great storyline that I can sink my teeth into and get hooked on Mm -hmm. it keeps me engaged and keeps me interested in the game especially this type of game to where it's mostly cutscenes and um, the pacing is very well Um, never in a point where I feel like the story drags on too long right the only point, part of the pacing I didn't like was just at the ending where it abruptly ends. But I've already touched on that. But besides that, well done. Um, the voice actors and the people all involved did a great job in this game. Makes me want to play more super massive games. And, uh, uh, I mean, you're in for a treat with those games. Until Dawn, fucking banger. House of Ashes was great. Man of Medan, really good. Little Hope, uh, maybe skip that one. 
yeah, that's the kind of games I like playing. Like games that has great storylines and good cutscenes. That's one of the reasons why I enjoyed playing Metal Gear Solid a lot was because of the storyline and the not great cutscenes that was in it. My final thoughts is that Jacob's a fucking king, and he don't deserve that fucking shit. Emma was trying to play on him. Yeah, he's a fucking he's a high value man. He's going places in life. He's probably going to get like a sports fucking scholarship or something, right? And he, like he don't need all those book smarts or nothing. But yeah, I mean, like he'll probably get a scholarship with daddy's money or something like that. But he is a high value man, all right. And he don't need that shit. Emma was trying to fucking play on him. I mean, fuck you for for trying to fuck with me during trying to keep this king a king, and keep this woman on the streets. Fuck you too. And fuck Nick. This game was good. I love you, Brenda Song. I'm very happy for you being happily married with a with a with a kid that is definitely has everything he needs to defend himself from a home invasion from either werewolves or Joe Pesci. Like he's fucking set. So <laughs> So yeah, closing out on the quarry. Uh, we're so glad you guys could have joined us for the final night of Camp Macabre. It's been a long few weeks sitting by this campfire. Uh, I haven't bathed the whole time. We've been in the woods. Fairly itchy. Yeah, I mean, like, the lake is right over there, but I'm not gonna fucking go take a dip while there's a killer on the loose. I We've seen these movies. Yeah, I'm sure I think it'll be fine. Shut the f*** up. You know I won't be fine. You're only saying that because you might be the killer. I think you might be the killer. I'm not gonna have this slander again we already went over this how could i be the killer? i've been sitting with you this whole time well i've been here with you too that so that doesn't make any sense what the hell is that justin it really was bears i gotta get the fuck out of here Oh my god, it was bears the whole fucking time, everybody was right! You know, in hindsight, uh, maybe it was all that bad advice I was giving at the end of every episode. But wait, wait, every everybody's dead, everybody's dead except me. That means, I'm the final girl! I can make it out of here alive! Wait! Wait, I'm, I'm alive too! What the fuck? I'm, I'm still alive, I dropped my inhaler. But, but, I made it out. I'm covered in all the other teenagers' blood, but, but boy, am I alive. Oh, fucking Cody. Event Camp Macabre. It was a lot of fun doing all of this for you guys and a lot of fun talking about these slashers out in the woods and we hope to get another one of these events in real soon come October. So if you guys don't mind, just uh, talk to us on social media. You can find us on everything uh, and give us some five-star reviews on 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Like I said, this was this was a blast to do. And uh, we'll see you guys in August for our late celebration of Shark Week. Until then, deadheads, just don't fucking go in the woods. All right, happy, big, playful energy. Do you want to grab my boob? You want to grab my boob? <laughs>